This podcast is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. Kindly consider a contribution through Patreon or PayPal. Links are in the details box. Patreon is a monthly subscription that you can cancel anytime. And PayPal is a one-time donation. Any amount is appreciated. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The handle, The Beirut Banyan. And you can find us on our YouTube channel with the same name. And you can start watching the episodes as they're released. Thank you for listening. And thank you for watching. I'm Rani Shatah. And this is The Beirut Banyan. For me, it's a thrill whenever there's someone I know that I'm speaking to, especially these days. I've done so many episodes with people I know virtually, and I get to know them online. And then a rare occasion happens where I speak to somebody who I actually know in real, in real life. And that's you, Nada, on the right. We'll get to Sandra later, but let's focus on Nada first. Uh, I think it's bittersweet because the last time I saw you, was uh, in the same building that I stay in whenever I'm in Beirut. And uh, I was just speaking to the, to the landlord of that apartment, and he was explaining just how much damage happened a few months ago. And I learned that you also left that apartment. And it's odd to go back to Beirut and not see you either in the elevator or walking around the building area. I'll have to get used to that because I'm going back to that building. But I think a lot of things have changed. Um, especially the last year, but in particular since the blasts in, October, in, in August. And for me, it's a thrill to get to explore something that is, I think, quite meaningful. It's something that I'm not very smart with. I did several donations-themed episodes, and I think this is the first one that focuses exclusively on children and, in a sense, education, but, but more broadly, uh, may, maybe the mental well-being of children going to school. And it's, uh, it's an honor to get to explore this with you. And before anything, I'll just say it up front. The initiative you guys have started is called Let's Play. And its goal is to raise enough money to repair three playgrounds. And it's something that's urgently needed. And we're going to get into this. Uh, but before jumping into Let's Play and all of that, Sandra, it's the first time I meet you. And Nada, I know a bit, but you, I, know, I don't know anything about you. So maybe we can start with you, and then we'll sort of get back to Nada. What is this really about in terms of, let's say, four or five months after the blast? Why do you see this urgent right now? And is there enough time to actually do something which is quite bold? Getting three schools ready once COVID restrictions ease. And maybe just your own personal ambition with this project. And if I understood right, like Neda, you're an architect and you have sort of the background in, in architecture. So if we could start with you, just a general understanding of what this is about and maybe your own sort of your own story and your own reasons yeah. of why you're participating in this. Sure. Uh, so uh, Neda and I go way back. We used to be at university together and uh, about uh, more than five years now, we started the company together in Beirut. And uh, so we're, I mean, we work on a lot of projects together. We really work well together and so on. And um, like everyone else, the world kind of stopped for us on August 4. We both live at Ashrafi. Uh, our office is quite close to Ashrafi. 
Um, and in the beginning, I mean, we were devastated. We were trying to figure out ways to help out and so on. Uh, but I mean, it was an emergency and uh, what we were doing was really uh, working on whatever the ground needed at that moment. Right. Uh, but we, so a few, uh, I mean, even more than a month ago, um, we met up and we were a bit frustrated because we, we, um, we felt that we could do more. And what we were good at is finding uh, design initiatives that, uh, that are not just responding to the current uh, situation on the ground, that uh, look at the broader, broader projects and broader ideas and so on. But we also needed to find, um, to find uh, an, like small interventions that we could do and hopefully those would completely grow out of proportion by raising awareness and uh, raising funds and so on. So we started looking at schools because uh, everyone's looking at the residential quarters and that's where we had started. And we started looking at schools and moving around from school to school and what we found was horrific. I mean, we'd walk into a school, yes, uh, the windows and the doors are damaged and the furniture, but then they start telling us like even the projector is broken, like there's no infrastructure for the school. And uh, I mean, we looked at a few, nearly 40 schools and we noticed mm. that, um, okay, this is really out of our scope. Uh, yeah. We don't know where to start. So we thought we're gonna start with playgrounds. Uh, playgrounds uh, have a, I mean, in our opinion, they have a really big effect on, on the students who are going to come back and uh, come back to something that has changed. Like there is no way you're going to remove all the scars uh, on the building physically. Mm -hmm. And most people that go to these schools already live in the area. So we thought playgrounds would be a, a really small initiative that can grow, that can raise, uh, raise awareness uh, for people in the country and outside to start to look at these uh, institutions that all our kids go to and spend half the day there and sometimes more and that's how we started and uh, we ran it through a few people that we met in the schools and uh, they were a bit um, they were a bit tired in the beginning they were mm -hmm. saying like a lot of people have visited the schools uh, we keep on being promised that something is going to happen we're going to get some help and nothing's happening and so we just we were we were really practical we said listen I mean uh, it's me, Nada, and our third partner, Etienne Basturmaji. We're like, listen, we're architects, we practice here, we have budgets, we know what we can do, we can do something really small, and hopefully that will grow. And we showed them a few sketches and images and possibilities, and they got really excited, and that made us uh, uh, happier to be part of this. And uh, yeah, now we have students on board and so on. I'll just interrupt for a brief moment uh, when I initially, I think it was meant to be the four of us speaking together. And in my mind, I just assumed because of COVID, everyone is in a different location and we're going to figure it out. And then for me, it's actually quite fun that, yeah, we're doing this in person. You're in person. But had Etienne been with you, this would have been a hard episode, the three yeah. on one sofa. So I think in a way, Etienne can enjoy this from a distance. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that this is something that's not an NGO per se, that this is really you guys taking initiative on your own. And I'm, I'm curious, is there, before we get into maybe the, the intention, really, and, and how you chose these three schools out of, I think it's over 40, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. something like 44, if I read that correctly. Yes. Right. So before we go down that path, just 
did you sense that there is a, a gap in terms of focusing on, on schools? And is there anything that's happening aside from these kinds of initiatives? In, in other words, are there NGOs addressing these concerns that are not necessarily classroom focused, they're more extension? Or, or is this something that's really citizen led throughout the board that there's no, there's no one really uh, taking action at, at the organizational level, not the individual, but really like a, where, there's some, where there's a channel and there's a way to sort of do this on a, on a larger scale. I'm just curious what, why this is being done by individuals, which, which is a noble goal, but it's not NGO uh, driven. Uh, mainly this is how it's happening at all levels because like mm. we all know that the government is barely present in all this reconstruction or uh, restoration work that's happening so it's all about uh, initiatives uh, it's either NGOs or personal initiatives and this is the case in most of the schools so the schools are not uh, any different and uh, mm. so mainly what's happening is like the school is there, the uh, administration is uh, present at school. We need to keep in mind that now that schools do not look like an urgent case, mainly because of COVID and the fact that students are actually not at school uh, currently. So it's not such a uh, quick response. So right, right. Yeah. is being the main response. Yeah. We uh, Schools are having a bit of a um uh, delay mainly or like they're uh, having the chance of uh, yeah, getting a bit of time mainly because the students are not back yet but they will have to be back soon uh what's happening mainly is um they're like they're receiving a lot of ngos and a lot of uh private uh, initiatives and uh, i i don't think the i'm not aware of any uh big uh, uh, fund by by the government or even yeah. or the Ministry of uh, Education or any, yeah, it's mainly about someone fixing a small part here or small part there. And they're, I don't think they're really able to deal some of the schools, like we know one of the three schools, they assess the damages and they say that it's over $1 million as a cost. So, um, so, sorry, and that's that's one school. That's one school. They're really wow. some of them are really big schools. So one of the three schools actually has a thousand eighty students. Um, wow. So they're not like you know. So it's it really yeah. like forty four schools really probably. I mean, everyone in the area, not only in Ashrafi, in the larger area, comes to these schools. So it's. A, so, you know, let's before we jump into the because I like that the, you've, you've made it very easy for somebody willing to donate. You kind of sort of it's a step by step process of how you kind of reach certain conclusions and figures. So before before we get into the particular schools and, and the numbers, is it simply that this was not addressed because the, this was not considered an emergency issue? That it's now sort of something that you can discuss without without it interfering in the immediate aftermath? Is that I mean, in other words, do you sense that there's no wider uh, cause here because it's not considered urgent? Is, is, am I getting that right? I mean, yes, to a certain degree. I mean, if you talk to NGOs on the ground one-on-one -on -one and you tell them, like, let's work on playgrounds and so on, I mean, of course, they're really excited, but uh, yeah. I mean, funds are limited. Uh, there right, are different right. priorities. Uh, also, I mean, NGOs are not ready to tackle with the 
devastation that we have. Uh, right, right. Most of them are don't didn't have any architects or any engineers. Uh, whenever there's a structural issue, instead of making something faster, what happens is it completely slows down. Uh, so I mean, there's a lot of work on the ground, and uh, yeah, I mean, we but all have to do our little part somewhere. Yeah, but I think at some point, like in few months, when schools are when students will have to go to school, they will really mm -hmm. face a major issue. Right, so now right. their focus is to have a house, a home, like some people do not have a place to stay. This is certainly the most urgent part, but schools are, as I said, because of COVID, we, they kind of got a certain uh, yeah. uh, delay, which is right. somehow uh, a good, uh, uh, like, uh, it allowed them to to take a bit of time, but like very soon it will not be the case, and soon kids will have to go back to school, and some of them really do not have uh, classrooms or do not have any um, yeah enclosed space, any uh, playgrounds. So yeah, there are major issues. Maybe the reason I was pushing on this is because it 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 speaks volumes that it's left to individuals coming up with these ideas and their and their crowdfunding strategies on their own. So all the more impressive. And I think it's an ambitious goal and it seems like you guys have done your, your work. So I, I, I'm going to include the PDF file that was provided in the episode so people can actually see what you're doing and what you want to do. And I hope I got this right. It's three schools in the Ashrafi zone that's sort of the most devastated neighborhoods that were impacted by the blasts and that you're looking to raise 40,000 euros collectively. So the total amount is 40,000 euro. And did I understand this right, that there's an estimated $15,000 per school? That that's the, that's the estimate. Yeah. And this yeah. is what the total is like $45,000, which we kind of uh, uh, showed in euros. So it's somehow 40,000 euros. So this is for three schools, three play playgrounds in total. Right. And hopefully if we get more funds, we this is our aim, to get so more sorry. funds and to be able to really intervene in the 44 uh, schools. Maybe. So our pilot projects and there are one playground per school. Each, mm. each school has four to five playgrounds. Uh, so we're just going oh. to... Like, uh, right. Yeah. So, so in other words, if this succeeds, then you can replicate the model for the 44 yes, schools. Exactly. Yeah, yes. So, so these 44 are primarily in that area. I mean, yeah. Ashrafi and the surroundings. Yeah. Okay, so, right, right. so let's, I mean, with your permission, let's go into the, the why you chose the, these three particular schools. And I see them in front of me. There's the Armenian Evangelical School, which is in Jaitevi. There's the Ecole Notre Dame, which I think is in Sessi. In, up in Sissi. Yes. And then the third one is also in Sissi, Ecole Secondaire. <laughs> My French is so bad. It's Ecole, Ecole Secondaire de la Chantal, Charité. I don't know how to say that. It'll come up on the screen without me. Without me. It was a hospital somehow close oh. to Sodek. Yeah. Okay. So, so, how did you narrow down these three to start with? Just curious. What was your. Is there, is there a reason why these three are maybe the first three for the pilot? I'm just just why why these are why these stood out to you we've we've got this question a lot uh we we mainly looked at damage uh mm, mm. and how devastated the schools are uh i mean it's hard it was really hard to pick 
to be honest, some of them are just as bad. Uh, we tried to pick from three different neighborhoods, um, but I mean, there's five or six different neighborhoods. Uh, also, we're trying to uh, have like different Type types of, yeah, uh, mainly architecturally, but also in terms of uh, on a, I would say like uh, the Armenian school is somehow a, uh, it's not a public school, it's not even a private school, somehow it's like a, a school with a, a low uh, tuition, it's not a very uh, expensive school somehow, right. the yeah. same applies to the one next to Sessian. Uh, 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 so yeah, uh, we're trying to uh, mainly, these are not public schools, so far we did not tackle public schools, these are private schools, but how, however they are more like somehow uh, subsidized, you're not paying a big tuition, so we're mainly uh, targeting these schools. Our aim is also to work with public schools, but there we will have to deal with all the um, bureaucracy. bureaucracy of the government and the Ministry of Education. So we said maybe we start with this one and then we'll have a portfolio. We have pilot projects and we can go to the public authorities and show them what we're doing. And that might help us uh, deal with them and go through the process. So that's interesting. They're neither private nor public in a way they're depending on charity from individuals yeah. that yes. includes even reconstruction if i understood that right so this is really, i see okay well let's go into maybe the the elements that you listed because i for me this is brand new terrain i know nothing about this i know nothing about playgrounds i know very little about what schools need after after devastation and i i think you've made it very easy for an amateur to understand and you you, you list there's there's three in a way three priorities and the first is the play elements which are big toys and jumping elements. So Sandra, maybe you could sort of walk us through through that through that element. What we're trying to do is what we're uh, is to create, I mean, really uh, oversized elements. So like a really big cone, a really big hand, a really uh, just really big recognizable forms. And uh, what we want to experiment with is to actually see how these forms somehow create space. So they're very mm, simple. Mm. Uh, and what we're trying to do also is to find the, these simple forms that are oversized that we make with craftsmen in Lebanon uh, in hopes that also if the school gets funding because of this playground, they can continue to add these elements. So they create different zones and uh, they work well, well with many elements. Uh, yani you can continue to add these elements uh, to make the playground larger and so on. I see. So, so the oversized decision is just, I mean, you're, you're I'm, I'm curious because it, it, it's displayed that way as well in, in your, uh, in your pamphlet. It has a bit of Alice in Wonderland. Uh, oh, I see. I see. Uh, inspiration in there. I see. So is it, is it a deliberate sort of escape from what happened? Is that sort of part of it that you're trying to uh, offer? I'm thinking that those kids, they left school, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, mainly mainly because of COVID. So they're right. not actually in school, mm. right? Mm. And they're studying online and this is a whole new experience for them. Mm. And then while they were doing all this uh, individual online uh, schooling, they were, uh, the explosion happened. So they also know 
in parallel of uh, uh, that they live the actually the explosion, they also know that their school is affected. So there are many factors. So the, you have kind of traumatized kids in a way. There are kids who are not really, uh, they already lost a bit of their relation with the school because of COVID. Right. So we were thinking of how they would go back to school and what would be, so instead of going into their previous school, they're actually going to a school with a lot of scars and damages. Mm. What we want to do is actually create one positive experience there. So something new, something colorful, uh, something a bit mysterious that they will have to discover and be happy to uh, to enjoy, to play with. So this is why uh, we thought of doing these uh, big interventions. So they look like toys, but like they're big toys that are interactive. You can uh, jump there. You can, uh, uh, I don't know, swing. Maybe we will have to figure out that. I mean, not live and like the common play new playground you would think. Yeah. yeah, and the reason I'm the reason I'm curious is because the photos that were provided doesn't look like any playground I played in when I was a kid. So it must be it's a thrill to to come back to a school after all of this and see these kind of exaggerated yeah. toys. May may I ask something like this element before getting to the other two? Is this volunteer driven? In other words, that is there any cost in terms of setting this up? Or is this student? So who, who are the volunteers that will actually participate in, in putting that together? So basically, there are about 10 students. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, oh, there's 10 students willing to do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And some uh, new graduates, uh, we both teach at uh, LAU and AUB. So mm. some of them mm. at NDU. So a lot of students uh, actually saw the GoFundMe going around and they just asked to, to be part of this. So this is really volunteer driven, the whole, yeah, yeah. The whole even yeah. installing. I have no idea how much like students are really doing a lot of work, yeah. especially now students and fresh graduates in architecture and then engineering. They do not really have a lot of work opportunities and they yeah. saw this happening and they, they are all very active and they're doing a great job. Yeah. So uh, like today, one of our students is like, uh, Okay, we were discussing the idea of painting and planting as part of the um, of the uh, project and maybe including some trees and all of that. And so one of the students, okay, are we going to plant ourselves? I'm like, okay, maybe if you like to do that, you can do it. You can she even paint. paint. Yeah, she wants it. So they're like really very... Um, um, Hands-on. Yeah, they want mm. to really uh, be Go part back. of the... Yeah. But that shows just exactly what's at stake, because if there's no NGO willing to do this, and if there's no donor, there's no fund, this is really just the goodwill of common people. Yeah. And I, I think that's, yeah, no, that's quite astounding, because it's not, uh, I, I admire that sort of, th the ability to do this completely as a volunteer. I, I think that's, uh, that's magical, actually. And I, I, the, uh, the second uh, element, which is the sort of the ground painting, these ground colors and the, I mean, that to me is familiar, but the way you, I think you want to do it is sort of a very dramatic version of what I'm used to, just in terms of crayons and maybe charcoal colors. Can, can we get into that? Is, is that part of art therapy? Is there something there in terms of letting people express themselves through colors? Or is that, am I getting, am I getting that wrong? That it's more, it's more just to, in a way, colorize the, the school. Is there a bigger goal there? 
Well, I think it's it all goes to this same idea of creating happy uh, places where pe- kids will go and have a, a new uh, surprise, a new feeling there. Also, many students do not love their schools. I think <laughs> really like yeah. school. Yeah. So it would be nice to go back after all this time and all what they went through into something that's really fun. And like, uh, I think it will remain part of their memory eventually to remember a nice playground at school, to remember like these uh, colors. So personally, I don't have these very uh, colorful memories from my <laughs> my school. So maybe this is also part our, of our own therapy to <laughs> really make it more fun for other uh, kids. I mean, this is not maybe the right parallel example, but I remember when um, when Siufi, Fesuh, these neighborhoods, and Karim Zaytun in Beirut, yeah. this is going back maybe 15 years ago, when really overnight, they, the walls of these homes were painted in different colors. And they've done this in different places, Bebetabene as well in Tripoli, just yeah. these neighborhoods that are rather bleak in color, stale and just sort of cement that suddenly they sort of reemerge in these very beautiful ways. And you have all types of colors living side by side. So when I saw that kind of exaggerated form of color in a, in a playground, it reminded me of that healing where you see something that you don't associate with as a pleasant view and suddenly it becomes very pretty. That to me, it, it resonated. And I, I think children would get a kick out of that, seeing the place they don't really look forward to going back to suddenly appealing. I think there are different scales. So we're really just looking at the ground of the playground. Mm, uh, mm. The places that you were talking about, they're kind of like a whole, um, it somehow hides the misery. Yeah, so that's, so the goal is debatable because like there are different points of view about whether maybe we should not go into that uh, topic, but like uh, the idea of hiding not a very, uh, maybe somehow covering a view. This mm. is not mm. exactly what we want to do. It's more yeah. about, uh, uh, also it's not only about colors. So colors can become, let's say, uh, exactly. connections or spaces. Even one of the uh, nuns in one of the schools was telling us, maybe you can do it in a way that also allow uh, students to sit at a, in different zones. So for COVID also, it can be a part of the, distance, the, the safe distance between students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not only about colors, it's also about um, maybe a kind of games or uh, I don't know, something to play or to uh, gather kids or to separate them. So uh, it can be a tool in uh, how they use the space also. May I ask, did you need a lot of consultation with the schools about what exactly was needed from their side? Or is this really your own creation? You approach them with these ideas? Because I'm curious if there's any um, potential friction or if there's any collaboration. How did you reach that sort of, that? Is this something you wanted to do? Or did the school sort of insist on, on that? And then you kind of you went with it. So for now, it's, uh, I mean, the images you see are images we've collected and put together and collaged together. Mm, mm. Uh, we've done them by the schools, but we haven't. Uh, so what we're doing now, we're at the stage of uh, actually drawing them to scale in each of the playgrounds. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, but 
definitely. I mean, they're they're quite involved, uh, especially in informing us because the students are not there for us to understand really how they use the space. So they're actually uh, informing us about how they use the space, how where do kids hang out more, uh, what types of games do they play, so that we also don't uh, like uh, kind of completely change the space, but instead right. add on. So these are your your ideas, and they're kind of they get there's a give and take process. I'm assuming at the end. Okay, that's really interesting. You know, before we get to the third one, I think it's quite nice that you're actually using urban planning in in real life. That this is not just theoretical urban planning. I I, I kind of picked up on this. That I hope I remember this right. Neda, you you studied urban planning. You yeah. Were, right. Oh, you both of you. Oh, Sandra, you you did urban planning as well. Okay, I remember. Etienne, I think, was also involved in urban planning to a point. And yeah, so, okay, I'm glad. Three urban planners that are able to take what they've spent years studying and probably spent a lot on studying and taking it into real life. And that's very important. I, I often think of that degree as a lofty goal that kind of ends up in PowerPoint slides. And then here you have sort of a real cause in front of you and, and it's your own creation. So I admire that. And then you can, oh, please. And the urban planners. Right, right. So you're able to kind of use both skills in that sense. Exactly, yeah. Together. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Because like uh, someone was asking me, why do you care about playgrounds? Actually, it was, this was my brother. He's like, why playgrounds? I'm like, what's the link between architecture and playgrounds? Hmm. So I had to explain that basically it's uh, playgrounds might be the first public space that any kid would uh, uh, would use or uh, experience. So if we think in, about urban planning, it's mainly one of the major aspects of urban planning is creating public spaces. So there are spaces where people would meet and interact and meet other people who are similar or different and share ideas and discuss. So this is why public spaces are very important. And for a student, for a kid at uh, three, maybe three year, year old, this might be the first public space for them because this is where they meet they, their first friends or they start to make their own uh, friends and uh, enemies and all of that. So it's one of the first public spaces that everyone, each one of us. I'm going, to, I'm going to guess, you tell me if I'm wrong, that playgrounds are one of the few available public spaces, period. Yeah. I mean, in Lebanon, yeah, of course. I mean, students in a way are lucky, students, children are in a way lucky that they can use playgrounds, but we, yeah. in general, we don't have uh, public space in beyond that. So in other words, there are no community parks where kids could play and you have sort of, in a way, it comes down to, to initiatives like this. The third element to me was the most interesting ones, the shading canopies. Uh, I've never seen anything like this. I don't even know what I don't you have to tell me what exactly you're doing here because I think you'll encourage children to never leave the school if you give them <laughs> what you're trying to do. So this is not just swings. This is not sort of a breeze in the air. This is all out. Tell me more about the canopies and what you're trying to do here. And how can I get my own canopy later? <laughs> So what we were trying to, I mean, we, we looked at it um, as a complete uh, intervention in the playgrounds and we thought about the playground and these big objects that you can move around or push or jump on and mm. so on. Mm -hmm. And then the relationship to uh, the sky. And I think that came out a bit from visiting the schools. I mean, 
you go into a play, you go into a school, you enter, you enter a classroom, and then there's the corridors and there's the windows and so on. And they're quite big, but they're also quite uh, busy indoor spaces. And then there's always that moment, even when you're visiting the school at our age, there was that moment that we experienced again of like, oh, okay, we're outdoors, and you always look up first. And we thought it would be right. really nice to also play with this idea of how much you see and how much you don't see with all of these colors and so on. Hmm. So that was uh, kind of the idea of the three uh, elements. But it's so, uh, covered a certain area. So this is the area where kids will gather and meet other kids. So when it's all totally open, you're not really uh, creating zones for kids to, uh, to sit together and to meet other kids. They will end up uh, maybe sitting in the classrooms or any uh, indoor space if it's very sunny or if it's very it's raining for example mm. so creating these canopies also uh, somehow uh, define gathering spaces places where you would uh, meet your friends where you would uh, meet new uh, people so it's also part of that and the three elements might not be totally separate so one idea would be to to have the ground let's say the color of the grounds might create a certain structure and that toys might be part of the structure and then the canopy. So they can also be connected. So it might be like one intervention where uh, you can, uh, I don't know, jump or uh, uh, have a break or under a certain canopy. So it's all part of a, it can be one big intervention in the school, something that you will recognize it's part of the identity of the school at some point. May, may I ask, are, are, so are you using what's available? In other words, that do these schools already have playgrounds and you're kind of assuming control over those playgrounds or is this separate from what the school has? I'm not, I'm not sure I understand, but... Uh, they, they already have the playgrounds. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I guess I, I didn't... I didn't so, sorry, I didn't ask it correctly. I, did, I didn't ask it correctly. Sorry, I meant, uh, are the playgrounds damage to the point that they can't be used and that you're kind of you're recreating them or do they already have their playgrounds and these are sort of additions to what they have well i mean both uh, a lot of the schools have playgrounds on the roof and these are completely damaged because these were right yeah so yeah left. Uh, mm. any toys they have are completely damaged and they're like the big plastic uh, I mean, that's it. Uh, they're it's gray, the playgrounds we visited. Um, yeah. And uh, what we're trying to do is to create, I mean, we're not taking over all the playgrounds and we're not taking over all of the playground that we're taking. We're trying to create this like little capsule that we put in the playground and there's going to still be a lot of free zones around. Right. Okay. Okay. Without our intervention. But there's this interruption where you can come in uh, and uh, it feels like suddenly there's a completely different atmosphere, but also when you're playing around it, you see it and it's like uh, something new, uh, like, like really like a capsule put in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change the mood and be surprising on different scales and from different people. I see. So it really is just, a, it's a portion of the playground and that sort of can be replicated in any playground. Okay, that's interesting. I understood that there's some, there's an urgency related to this, that you want to finish this, or at least have what you can finish prior to the reopening post-COVID. So what is the time frame in terms of 
trying to raise the money necessary? And beyond that, do you anticipate just perpetual donations if this is to be replicated? Or is there going to be eventually, are you, are you eager to have a donor sort of involved? Because I'm curious how this could be replicated if these three succeed with the budget, how you sort of anticipate potentially reaching all 44 schools. So basically we have one month now, like at least we dedicated till the end of this year. Okay. Uh, we hope that by the end of this year, we will be able to fund the three uh, projects that we mm. mentioned. Mm. Uh, and uh, we're already doing the work ourselves, like with the students, we're already uh, surveying, designing, drawing and pricing. We're doing all this job. So if by the end of the year we have the money, of course, we will be able to implement very uh, quickly. Uh, so, so, then so, so the $45,000 is by the end of this year. I mean, yes. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, and then if this goes uh, well, what we will need to do is uh, basically maybe starting a new uh, fund uh, in order to... Um, uh, to finance the other the other schools, mm. otherwise we will we might maybe create a certain uh, um, or maybe a website. It doesn't have to be this way, but basically we need funds. We need funds in all cases. So now we need them for three schools, and then eventually, yeah, this is what we will need. So we might uh, we hope to get big funds, but we also believe in small ones. So everyone can contribute with like even. Uh, uh, five uh, euros, uh, we believe that if we can have more of these small funds, we will really be able to do a, uh, eventually more playgrounds. And I mean, mm -hmm. uh, we're very open, like we've been approached uh, already by uh, some amazing uh, NGOs on the ground who are willing to also help fund us. Uh, one of them is Bebo Shubek. Yes, um, you know it's actually it's funny you mentioned that they they repaired my landlord's windows, in the building that Neda you were living in. Yeah, so and they did it I think very very quickly and efficiently too. Yeah, they're very efficient. They're very uh, active. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we presented our project and they're like, okay, go ahead. We will fund our, your first uh, playground. Yep. So already we have one playground uh, funded. Oh, that's great. Uh, but we're hoping to get uh, the fund for the other two and eventually more funds also. I, I will emphasize the donations and anyone listening, not watching, it's, it's in the details box to this episode. And I really hope you meet your goal by the end of the year. And I also hope that this can be replicated without too much hassle because it's a very ambitious goal to hit all 44 schools. And I think that's, it's a noble goal as well. And I wish you the best of success in that. Thank you, Th thank you for walking me through something that kind of takes me back to my own childhood. And I think I, I kind of, in a way, selfishly, I wish I was a kid going back to one of these schools with these playgrounds, because I think uh, they're, they're quite appealing for any child wanting to, wanting to uh, relax and calm down after a very difficult stretch. So wish you guys the best and, and thank you, Nada. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And a friendly reminder to help support this podcast by contributing through Patreon or PayPal. All links are in the details box below. Until next time, I'm Rani Shatah, and this is the Beirut Banyan. <laughs>